I want to give a special shout out to the team at CastSource. They have made my dreams come true for this podcast and they can make yours as well. If you have any aspirations of hosting your own podcast, talk to my guy, Eric. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz, K-A-Z. He is all about giving people a platform and letting their voice be heard. So reach out and you won't regret it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Players Podcast, where I am here for all of you past, present, and future players. This is a place where we keep it real and hear from athletes on who they are beneath the jersey and off the field. Without further ado, I am Sydney Supley. I am your host. From the Players is presented by Sports Entrepreneur and part of the Cast Source Podcast Network. Welcome back to From the Players Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Supley. And I have to be honest, I have been waiting a long time for this episode. Today, we have someone who I personally have loved sharing the field with for how boldly she plays on the field in honor of her faith. Oklahoma Sooners captain who wrapped up her career this past season in a really a storybook ending, winning her third straight national championship. You may know her as Grace Lyons, but after most recently tying the knot, it is my pleasure to welcome Grace Turk. Thanks for having me. It doesn't get any cooler as you keep saying Grace Turk. It's like, hmm, this is weird, but so exciting. Thank you. Absolutely. And we were talking a little bit before you hopped on, but you have had a crazy few months. I mean, fast forward, you were just winning your third national championship, and then you went and got married, you've moved, you started a new job. Like, how crazy has it been, but also exciting these last few months? Yeah, thinking about how much has taken place in such a short amount of time, it's kind of crazy to think about, but time flies. And uh, it's just been so exciting to kind of move on to this next stage of life and getting married, such a blessing, uh, meeting my husband at OU. So kind of sooner teammates, I guess, there and then now for life. So it's really cool just to move on to this next stage of life and move into a different state. Yes, it's scary and exciting at the same time because I get to now do FCA wherever we're at, which is something that was near and dear to me from a young age. It's cool to be involved in it now. And we are going to get into both of those things. But first, I want to talk about specifically how your husband and you met. I know you said Oklahoma, but is there kind of a story of the first time that you can remember meeting him? Yeah, it's a kind of, we talked about FCA just now, and it's that's kind of where it started. He transferred in from ASU my senior year. I'm from Arizona, but didn't know who he was. Just kind of a mutual friend connected us, told me he was coming. And then we met at an FCA meeting kind of on the leadership team and just could tell that he was a strong believer. That was super important to him. He was passionate about it. So uh, we just hit it off in that category. And then obviously the sports and competitive nature kind of kicked in. But yeah, what a blessing to meet him at OU and then just continue our journey together wherever the Lord leads us. That is really something that I have admired watching from the sidelines. The two of your love, you know, grow into an official marriage now and how you've been able to keep Christ at the very center front of it all. How can you kind of give tips that you guys were able to manage that with, you know, a crazy collegiate athletic schedule, but really just work with each other and keep Christ at the center of it all? Yeah, I think that's something from a young age that I've really prayed about. And 
known that that's something that I want, just seeing that modeled in my parents, but also just family friends, seeing when you put Christ at the center of a relationship, that's how it's designed to be. That's how the Lord demonstrates it in the Bible, talking about Christ and the church. That's the the mystery, I guess, of what they say is marriage. And it's really cool that we can see that in the Bible. And then for that to be a prayer of mine and a prayer of Michael's that we would one day experience that. It's just so cool to just to have that blessing. But I think that's something that we really wanted to prioritize while we were dating. Something that I was taught at a young age and uh, just throughout the dating kind of world, how it's different than what the world tells you to do, but it's date with the intention of marriage. And you're dating because you see a potential marriage partner. And I think that's what we tried to really focus on as we were dating. And then honestly, he was like, hey, we know each other and want, want to get to know each other. Let's just start dating. And that's how that happened. And then we were dating. And then he's like, hey, we both love the Lord. We love each other. You know, God put us in this one location on purpose at this time. So boom, let's get married. And it just that kind of uh, not overthinking it, but just trusting God and knowing that, you know, all of this is according to his will. So we just got to walk in it, be obedient, be prayerful. It's honestly pretty simple if you just break it down to the basics and keep the Lord in the center. I love that because I feel like especially for people, you know, finding love, finding your partner can really seem like a very complicated thing in today's world. So how simple you guys were able to keep it is truly inspiring. And for those who don't know, your husband played for Oklahoma football and proposed to you after the game. Can you talk me through kind of what that moment was like for you? Oh, yeah. I know you do some announcing and some football stuff. So you're probably used to (laughs) that chaos on the field. But yeah, it was on senior night. And my roommate was somehow trying to get me on the field to take some pictures after and because it was his last home game. So I ended up on the field. I don't know how, didn't have any credentials or anything, just hopped on. And he has a YouTube channel. So his name is Hang Time on there. He makes videos. I'm in them sometimes, just have fun with it. And he was pretending, or he wasn't pretending, he ended up putting it in a video, but was trying to gather all the guys around to get this on the vlog. He's like, everyone, come on. I was like, oh, this is, this is the usual. We're on a vlog. So they hobbled around us and then he got down on a knee after showing me this note that was kind of reflecting back to when we first started dating. He asked me to be his girlfriend with a little note that said something. So kind of full circle, but you know, as girls, we dream about kind of that moment and we think about how it's going to go. And then honestly, I couldn't have planned for how I'd react or feel. It was just like, wow, like I'm in shock. This is, this is awesome. This is so special. And it was perfect for our relationship and just him growing his ministry on YouTube and allowing, you know, thousands of people to see that and just be encouraged with uh, his scripture messages that he intertwines in it. So uh, that's what I love about him. And he's not afraid to share that. So it's fun. Also, I'll be able to watch that video forever. So we'll look back, laugh at, at all those little memories. But yeah, no better place to be than on on a football field with a vlog going picture perfect. I love it. And I have to be fully transparent. I am a big fan of all of his videos. I regularly have watched them (laughs) after he's posted them. And I think the best one, which by the way, Michael Turk, you have to check him out and shout out to him. He creates some pretty funny videos. Your wedding day video might've been the hardest I have ever laughed watching a video. (laughs) I know you know exactly the part I'm talking about. 
But do you have any like favorite moment from your wedding day that now that you've had time to reflect on that you can really say you cherished? I mean, you bring up the funniest moment. And, you know, if you're not a Hang Gang member, go check out Hang Time Wedding Vlog. You will see that his pants ripped on the dance floor. I'll just leave it at that. Probably one of the funniest <laughs> moments of wedding day. Honestly, I think, you know, same thing. Girls dream about your wedding day and walking down the aisle. And I'll really try to take it all in and just be so intentional with, you know, my mindset during the day and just remembering, you know, all of the blessings, the people who were there, the Lord bringing us together. And like, I just remember walking down the aisle with my dad. We took a little break before we kind of stepped in and just like, I got really emotional and I didn't think I was going to cry. I didn't know if he was, but I walk in and he's bawling his eyes out. And I'm like, oh, this is so special. And it's bigger than just, you know, us loving each other. It's like, we're sitting back and being amazed at how God brought us together. And just like his grace, that's one of Michael's Uh, His favorite verse is 2 Corinthians 12. It talks about how God's grace is sufficient. And and my name's Grace. And how can you draw that up? And having Grace walk down the aisle to a godly man, it's just so special. And it's, I'll never forget that moment. But, you know, that moment is just, just a picture into this life that God has for us in the future of just trying to honor and glorify Him with our marriage. That is beautiful. And I know that's a goal of mine and probably so many listening here today. And one little last update that I want to talk about before we move on from your guys' beautiful love is I know you mentioned you've just moved to Florida. You are there for Michael, who has now started the Miami Dolphins training camp. How have you guys been able to navigate faith into this new journey into his NFL career and, you know, with so many unknowns, but also so many exciting possibilities? Yeah, the word unknown is kind of a popular one in this season of life. It's because, you know, the NFL career is a crazy one. Just from the outside, it seemed like a lot. And then now that we're kind of in it and realizing all of the just unknowns that can happen, making a team, not making a team, traded, moving. And what I've been so impressed by Michael is, you know, I'm the helper. I'm here supporting him. And he's the one that's going out grinding every day, hunting every day, just getting to work. And it's so cool to watch him be so trusting of God in this season of unknown. He could be so anxious. He could be so discouraged if something doesn't go his way, or he could be just over the moon excited, but he stayed so content and neutral with just like an overwhelming trust of the Lord and that it's going to happen how it will. The Lord's will will prevail. And I think that's given me a lot of peace, but seeing him have that mindset in such a crazy business in the world, like it makes me so happy. And I'm so proud of him for that. You know, it's really funny is I feel like how you described him is how I would have described how you played your career in softball. And I'm curious now that you've had a little bit of time to really kind of reflect on your time at Oklahoma, what have been some of the pieces that you've really taken away? Yeah, it's a blessing to have, you know, that extra bonus fifth year. Not a lot of people can have five years of college softball, but Today, honestly, I was going through pictures of me playing and just looking back at all the fun that we had. And it's just so, so cool to see, you know, mixed in with the success that we did have and that I was able to have just the bigger picture and the bigger purpose that I was able to understand and that I felt like it was my responsibility to to go and tell other athletes that. And, you know, I leave college softball so thankful and blessed to have that platform to do that. But I'm encouraged by when people come and tell me the impact that I've made. I mean, I'm simply a vessel. I'm 
nothing in my words or any different than another believer who's sharing the same gospel message. But I'm thankful the Lord used me and uh, just to each year, you know, have a biblical theme that we are able to share to bring other teammates to Christ and to see baptisms happen. Like it's hard to pick one moment or one memory, but just the culmination of all of it, it encourages me to go and do that in these next seasons of life and, and to encourage other athletes in this, you know, season that I was just in. I would love to keep encouraging that and keep planting seeds where the Lord kind of uses us all. I would love to know what was your biblical theme for this season. Yeah, it was a lot simpler than other years. There was other years, there's kind of some cool stories and kind of like battles that go on, but we chose the theme Eyes Up and we had some shirts made for our families and some fans to wear. And it was just that Eyes Up and it was, you know, a player looking straight up. And it came from Colossians 3 that says, fix your eyes on things above, not on earthly things. And it's as simple as that. That's what we really tried to simplify it this year. I heard teammates at the beginning of season, you know, yelling at other teammates in the box, hey, eyes up, eyes up. And I was like, what do you guys mean by that? Like, are you saying like, keep your eyes on, on Jesus? They're like, yeah, if I strike out, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as my eyes are up, Jesus loves me. And uh, there's nothing else to be pressured about. I was like, that is so good. I love that. And why don't we have our theme be eyes up and just take that unnecessary pressure off of, you know, trying to fill some expectations that people have on us for three championships or individual accolades that people want us to chase. It's like, keep your eyes up and everything on the dirt will work itself out whether, you know, it's successful or not. God already knows what's going to happen. So we just need to, you know, be competing as hard as we can, but keep our eyes up above everything else. I admire that so much. And, you know, I really believe people are always looking at your team and are searching for what makes them so good. And, you know, when people think of Oklahoma softball, they see the national championships, they see, you know, the rings, all the celebrations and the countless of wins. Like when I see you guys, I just see players, as you said, with their eyes up. And I think the thing that always sticks out to me the most is like, I see you guys hand in hand with each other and with the opponent after every single game, praising the Lord on the center of the field. And how much do you believe that part of your team really has led to the success? I've been asked that a couple of times, and I know there's a direction that people could go with that by saying, you know, prayer and reading your Bible, and that leads to salvation, or that stuff leads to how God views you. But the gospel is, is that script flipped. It's saying, because Jesus saved you, because you repented and believed in him, that's as simple as that, then he prepares those good works in advance for you to go and walk in them. So having the boldness to then go pray with other teams, having the courage to just go and step out in front of other people and say, hey, we stand for this truth. Those are the things that God allows us to do once we, you know, accept his love and his grace that we don't deserve. And you know, I think when you kind of connect that with success, I would say there's not really a correlation, but it allows you to enjoy it. And obviously, you know, the Lord blesses us in different ways. I really rest on the verse, Romans 8, 28, God works all things for the good of those who love the Lord, who have been called according to his purpose. And that good doesn't mean championships. That doesn't mean success. That means good in his eyes. And I think it was such a cool platform to have success on because we could give God not perfect glory, how we can give it. We just gave him what we could. And he appreciates that when we give him the glory. So 
I don't necessarily think that, you know, us praying led to that success, but it allowed us a platform when we did have success to give him the glory. Unlike, you know, other teams in this world who that's not how you treat success. That's not how you act with success. And uh, just one more thing with Adam, after championships like that, like you would think you're fulfilled with that feeling of greatness and that feeling of, oh, we just reached that. But at the end of every championship, I would have this conversation with a few teammates of like, that's it. Like that, that's all you feel after winning. And then the next day it's like, okay, what's next? Let's move on. But the joy that the Lord fills you with in those situations will never go away. That's fulfilling. Have Christ in your heart and the rest will take care of itself. But it's a joy from the Lord, not joy from wins. That's going to be fleeting and that's going to dissipate over time. I think what you talked about is so important. And it's actually something I had Jada Coleman on earlier this year. And, you know, she kind of gave her testimony, which it honestly gave me chills hearing her describe that same experience you talked about of you feel like you're on the highest of highs winning a national championship. And then the next day was almost like this crashing down moment for her. She's like, I spent my whole life chasing this, but now what's next? And that's where we have to remember, like you put so beautifully already, is that we can't find fulfillment in any earthly things. Like there's only one person who can truly fulfill us. And so I was wondering if you have any advice for listeners who maybe are searching, how can I feel God's presence when I'm on the softball field? Are there specific moments that you can kind of give advice to when to really like listen in or moments that maybe you felt him that other girls can search for in those moments while playing? Yeah, that definitely kind of reminds me of early on in my faith and early on in softball when I didn't truly understand what the Lord did for me by dying on the cross and saving me from my sin. So I really couldn't play for him the way that I feel like I do now, realizing that. So number one, I would say, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, today is the best day to do it because he died for us so that we don't have to face the consequences of our sin. Because in all reality, we all fall short of God's glory. We all don't deserve heaven. But when you realize like, wow, Jesus died on the cross so that I don't have to feel the shame and guilt of my sin anymore. And I can, I can be free. And that means I can play free. I can play this game. I can go do my job free. It leads to a life of freedom in Christ that only he can, he can give us. So I think acknowledging that was the first thing that allowed me to then understand how I could play for the Lord. And then once I realized, wow, I have like, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I accepted Jesus. Now I need to go tell others about it. And I think that led me, the Lord filled me with this boldness to then go and pray with other teams and pray with my team and pray to myself before a game. And that allowed me to kind of like calm my nerves if I was nervous. It allowed me, like you said, to rest and listen to what God had for me and wanted me to do. And then I would say just, you know, allows the freedom to not be weighed down by the outcomes of the game. I rode the roller coaster of softball that we all probably have been through. And I realized like softball isn't it. The outcomes aren't it. Those shouldn't be what dictate your emotions after a game. Even my fifth year, I had those games where I was really disappointed after a game, but I was reminded, hey, it doesn't matter. Like that doesn't matter. You can't change that. Let's just keep working hard and moving on. And those are little kind of, tidbits of how I was able to kind of get back to just that neutral thinking. Like I talked about how Michael thinks in this and I have to remind myself daily, even in today when things don't go my way, I'm like, okay, 
I can't let the outside world and, and let the things of this world dictate how I'm going to feel each day. Like Jesus determines how I feel each day. He calls me, you know, chosen and loved and enough. So that that's simply enough for me to go face each day with the confidence I need to and the responsibility to go sh- and share the gospel joyfully to everyone around me. I just appreciate so much of everything you just said. And just like, I could see how true it was to you. And I think our sport is so unique where it is a roller coaster. And, you know, people say it all the time, but you fail more than you succeed in the sport, especially if you think, you know, from a hitting mentality. And that I think is some of the hardest moments to really wrestle with as a player. And something I don't think I honestly truly started understanding till my last year when a few of us would pray before games and we would just remind each other throughout the game, like, we're so blessed. Like, even in the hardest of moments, like, God has put us here. He has put us in this uniform on this field with this wonderful sport full of incredible people. And it's like, it just, you remind yourself, like, this one little thing that I'm worried about in this grand scheme of things is nothing. Like, look what we have. It's such a beautiful life. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll, those are the things that I won't ever forget from playing. My friendships, the girls that we go to work with every day, and then we go through thick and thin and just brutal practices, great games, bad games. Like those are the girls that you're surrounded by throughout all of it. They're the only ones who understand. And I think that's the blessing too that we can come away with of realizing like those people and just the relationships that you build, you're going to have that the rest of your life. I was thankful enough to have a lot of my teammates at my wedding. Like those are the memories that go beyond just the dirt. And it's so special, yeah, to realize also the impact that you have on young girls. Like to be in that uniform, many people wish that they could be in that uniform and hopefully one day they will. But to sit back and just think like big picture, like this is so much bigger than just the outcomes that we struggle through. Yeah. And the people that you meet along the way in the journey is what really makes it so special. And we were talking about earlier, the softball world is really so small and intimate when you think about it, full of just wonderful people. And I'm curious how also the softball world has become even more special and tight-knit for you, who I feel like really kind of band together a faith group within softball. You know, I know how many times you texted me and, and created group chats and group areas where softball players of faith and just athletes overall were able to come together. And how much did that mean even more for you in terms of the sport? Yeah, I mean, kind of what mentors have helped me realize is God's given us passions and talents. And whatever area that's in, someone explained to me, like, that's your mission field. And when you're in a mission field and you take a leadership role or responsibility for something, like, go and do something with it. And that's kind of with softball, I realized, like, this is my mission field that I need to go tell others about Jesus in. And uh, I was a high schooler, freshman high schooler, who was terrified to pray out loud or ask a question in my small group. And then to see where the Lord's brought me to now be so passionate about telling other college athletes and bringing them together, like only the Lord could have done that. It's crazy. Praise the Lord for that. And kind of like what you're saying, it it got to a point where I realized like we need to encourage all of these softball players, whether you're the only believer on your team or my team was blessed enough to have a lot of believers, but it's different everywhere. And I think I wanted to kind of create a circle in the softball world that people felt like they weren't the only one, that they had other believers around them, maybe not at their school, but throughout the country who were trying to do the same thing they were and be bold in their faith. So 
that's kind of what started the players conference. And uh, that's one of my strong passions the last three years. We just finished our third year in California. It went amazing. And uh, I just want to keep growing that and allow athletes to come together in one location, probably over summer. That's where it's worked best, but to be filled up and then go back to their teams and make an impact because college is such a short period of time, but the impacts you can make there are lifelong. It's eternal impacts. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make heaven crowded, as people say, and bring others to Christ. So that's what matters. And that's what I realized. You know, the mission field is so important to take advantage of. Can you give a little bit of insight on maybe some of the lessons you guys talked about in off of the players conference you just came out of that some people can kind of go back to their team with maybe a lesson or two? Yeah, this year uh, we rolled with the eyes up theme, similar to OU's motto. And we really wanted to focus on, okay, who are we keeping our eyes on? We want to understand who God is. And I think that's something that you know, there's Christians out there, but, and we want to say that we're Christians, but we don't know the God that we're serving. And that takes getting into your word and teaching some spiritual disciplines of why is it important to read the Bible? What does the Bible tell us about God? And that's what we helped kind of these athletes understand the Bible and about God. And we looked specifically in Colossians, Colossians 1 and Colossians 3, talking about one of the messages, Janie Reed gave this message. If you haven't had her on this, you got to get her on here. Uh, she played at Oregon. She's amazing. Yes, yeah. she's awesome. She gave oh. a message this year, and it's a big word. It's about the preeminence of Christ. But as simple uh, or as big as that word sounds, it means that at Christ is far better than anything. And when you realize that, it unfolds so many other areas of your life that can be simplified because Christ is far better than anything. And that's why we keep our eyes up, because if he's better than anything, then let's choose him over anything in this world that's going to lead to disappointment. And yeah, just looking at how we can read the Bible to learn more about God was something that we really focused on. And what is the gospel? How can we go tell others about the gospel and just being bold in that and realizing, you know, like I said, softball field is our mission field. Let's go tell others about Jesus. That is so powerful. I absolutely adore that. And I'm curious, you talked about kind of the journey you've been on to find your voice, you know, from a high schooler who was scared to pray out loud. Like I can definitely relate to those moments and to now who you are, like so fearlessly speaking on this podcast and using your platform on every channel to boast about the Lord and tell about how glorious he is. How did you find your voice? Like what made you come out of your cage in that way? How can someone else be inspired that their voice is inside them too? Right. I think that goes back to something that I just shared before of realizing what Christ did for us. He's going to fill us with that boldness and courage. I can't be bold on my own. There's no way I'm going to be, I'm going to be insecure. I'm going to have my own fears. But the good news is that the Lord is preeminent. He's far better than anything. So that gives me peace because he can fill me with this boldness that I can't come up with on my own. And uh, I would just say I had to practice a lot. I had to practice praying out loud. I had to practice speaking in front of people. I had my fair share of mess ups and fumbling around with words and could be embarrassing, but you know, I kept trying. I feel like God put those opportunities in front of me so I could keep trying, keep growing, keep just learning how to do it. And it's just cool to see how it's unfolded. And kind of one of the big moments, I guess, that kind of allowed it to click for me is I was going into my freshman year at OU and uh, I was talking with one of my mentors and we were talking about college and like, okay, let's be prepared for this. Like, 
let's be different than how other people go into college. And kind of the little motto that we went with is, I want to go into college making an impact rather than be impacted by the culture. So that's what encouraged me to stand firm and have this responsibility to go and make an impact on this team, on this university, on this softball world, instead of being impacted by the negative things that college can bring you that just leads to disappointment, kind of the theme of of all these worldly things. They don't lead to good things in the end. So that was my mindset going into college. And, you know, I was a freshman with Sid Romero, Shade Knight, and Kaylee Clifton. Like, that's intimidating, but... Some of the best to ever play our sport. Yes, ever. A blessing to play with them. But little freshmen coming in, a little intimidating. (laughs) And I was just, I don't know, the Lord filled me with that boldness to stay strong and to start making an impact that first year. And then that earns respect from people. When you're consistent in your mindset and your actions, it earns respect. And that allowed me to start having that voice even as a freshman in college. Isn't that the coolest thing to kind of know that God has equipped you with all that boldness and courageousness that you just talked about, but you've had it since the very beginning, but it it comes to realizing of like, all of a sudden you say to yourself, wait, no, God actually made me strong. He made me courageous. He made me bold. And I think that's what everyone should take away from listening to you is that you may not think you have it in yourself, but then you have to remember that like God made us in his image and he's all of those things and how much more. And so it's like, we all have it. We just need to trust in him that he gave it to us. Yes, that's beautifully said. We are created in his image to bring him glory. That's that's our purpose. That's why he created us. So let's just live in that and trust him and just give it all to him so that he can work his magic in us. We don't have to try to take the burden to do it all in our control. Yes, amen to that. And as you've had, again, time to reflect on just your incredible career, not only the impact you made, obviously on the softball field, but within the faith community, within younger girls, just believing in themselves, believing in the Lord. What is kind of the message you want people to remember who you were as the softball player? Yeah, it's a, what a blessing to be a softball player at that level, but also be a strong believer. And I think pairing that together is how it needs to be. There's a lot of, you know, pressure to just work so hard at softball reach those goals. But then what? What happens when we reach those goals? And like we talked about in this podcast, like what happens when we reach that and don't feel how we want to feel? And I think when you bring Jesus into your sport, it's incredible the things that the Lord will do and the things that you'll see and you'll grow into. And I think realizing that, like you said, when we're created in God's image, he created us to do some amazing things and to be bold about those things. Whatever impact you think that you're going to make, and you have the possibility to make, go for it. Don't lose an opportunity just because you were nervous, because you didn't feel equipped. You didn't feel like you were good enough. You know, we need to be obedient with the things that we feel that God has put on our hearts to go and do. And uh, that's always asking us, be obedient, be faithful, and he will take care of the rest. And I think softball is such a great picture of how we can do that, but take that into any area of life. I'm seeing that in marriage now. I'm going to see that in the future with a family of like, just be obedient, just listen. And then the Lord will handle it as we just follow in his footsteps where he leads us. I feel like nobody can see or hear the smile that I've had like the entire time throughout your answers because it's all so true. And, you know, you talked about that in the next stages of your life. I want to get into a little bit about what your new role is with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. 
Yeah, I am so excited to join this organization. I was a part of it in middle school, and that's kind of what allowed me to, to give me the opportunity to make my faith my own. I you know, grew up in a Christian household, but I didn't understand what it meant to live for the Lord and to go tell others about it. And that's FCA was a place that helped me do that because, you know, I couldn't go to church on Sunday all the time, which was hard. And it's hard to to not be in the body of Christ weekly, but FCA was at my school and it allowed me to continue to be filled up and learn and grow. And now, you know, I was involved in, in college and now post-college, I'm able to go and work for this organization and do the exact same thing I've been doing the last probably 10 years of trying to go and, and impact people for Christ. And along the way, I was impacted more than ever through FCA. So it's really cool because wherever we end up, uh, if we move a lot, if we stay put, I can do FCA wherever and just be involved in the local schools, continue growing this conference for college athletes. And it's a really cool spot in ministry just to continue to pair Jesus in sports because uh, they need, like I said, they need to be paired together. They can't be separated. Yes. And you mentioned, I think one of the biggest obstacles athletes, specifically softball players, really struggle with is playing on Sundays. You know, that's something we've been battling since we played travel ball to college. And I know you can really speak to a lot of people, if you don't know the program Church on the Dirt. And that's something I know I looked forward to every PGF Nationals when I was growing up in travel ball. Can you talk a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where we first met. I'm pretty sure you... I think that is, yes. (laughs) That's that's crazy you bring that up because that was one of the first times I'd give a message out loud and I think you were there and crazy, full circle. It moved me even then. And now look at this. (laughs) Yeah, so Church in the Dirt, I've had a a blessing of getting to know those ladies who started that, a lot of the USA players. And their idea is let's bring church to the softball field to where these teams and girls can't go to church on Sunday with their families. But let's bring the opportunity here so that there's no excuse that you didn't worship the Lord on Sunday. And they're doing an amazing job. I know Aubrey was just out at PGF doing chapels with the teams and just having those opportunities to allow these girls to be bold and say, no, we want to listen to a message on Sunday. We want to pray with someone on Sunday. And then from there, that takes you to the rest of the week, allowing these girls to make impacts on their teams during practices, during other games, and then hopefully into their college career. So I love Church in the Dirt. They're doing amazing things. They're also giving resources for families, like if they're on the road, how moms or dads can read some scripture to their family if they're if they're traveling and not able to make it to church. So check out the resources. They're doing such an amazing job in the softball world. Yes, we had to give them a shout out, not only because that's where we met, but I just know how much that impacted me to see figures who played the game at the very highest level and then see them out there praising the Lord and finding a way that we felt that on Sundays while we were also playing. It's something that I look forward to. Everyone should check it out online, see if it's at any tournaments that they're at in the summertime. But before we wrap up today, I was want to close it out. If there's a certain Bible verse that you would say to any player listening that you feel like impacted you during your time. Mm. Such a loaded question. And I love this question, but I also am <laughs> like, I don't, I don't make decisions easily. So when yeah, you hear there's this, so many great ones. <laughs> when you get the options, it's hard. But I know I said a few during this and uh, I love those. That's why they're easy to memorize just because they're near to my heart. But you mentioned one without kind of quoting it, boast about the Lord. That comes from 2 Corinthians 
10, 17, and it says, as the scriptures say, if you are to boast about anything, boast only about the Lord. And uh, that kind of became something that I stuck to and was able to make some shirts out of and just share how, like what I've talked about and the boldness and all that, it's simplified into this concept of boasting about the Lord. Because in myself, I have nothing to boast about. Because in my own doing, I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to fall short. But I have every reason to boast about the Lord because one, he has given me these opportunities and platforms. He created it, me in his image, like you said. And that gives me every reason to boast about him. And just on the softball field, it was a great reminder for me to go to battle, B-A-T-L, boast about the Lord, battle for the Lord in everything I do because I can't lose. If I boast about him, I can't lose even if I do strike out or even if I do make an error. I can't lose if I boast about the Lord and just give him thanks for everything. Yeah. That is the message of the day. Something you can really take with you, not only in the softball field, but off the field and in life, no matter what career you pursue or anything that you decide you want to take on, the Lord is with you. And Grace, it has been an honor to record this episode with you. You know, I have looked up to you so much just softball and how you were able to play with your faith. And I have been blessed to share the field, but honestly, just be a sister in Christ with you. So thank you for all that you've done with the game and just connecting athletes and softball players together through faith. Yes. Thanks for having me on and being bold with this podcast and just hearing different voices and just praising the Lord with the opportunity that you have with this channel. Thank you. In case you haven't noticed, we love podcasts. In fact, we love building podcasts, everything from development to production. Because of all that, we're building a -a one-of-a-kind podcast network. If you have a podcast or looking to launch a new podcast, then we should talk. You can message me on Twitter at Eric underscore Kaz or hit us up any way that works for you. Let's talk about your podcast joining this one-of-a-kind podcast network.